When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to the show, the podcast where we talk about TV shows with our friends. And today we are talking about Atlanta. We're going to talk about episodes two and three of this FX comedy dramedy interesting and imaginative series created by and starring Donald Glover. We are currently watching it on Hulu as FX is streaming on Hulu. Steve, take it away. Thank you, Eli. We are indeed talking about Atlanta season one, episodes two and three. And you know what? Imaginative is the word. I think, Eli, last time you said magical realism. And for me, I like to kind of call this brand of comedy really non sequitur. And I think it really does go to other spaces and places comedically in these next two episodes that we just watched. And you really sort of get into the mind and humor of Donald Glover And I feel like it's a great format to take an American city that perhaps obviously is close to him because he created a whole TV show about it and close to a lot of people and sort of make it a fantastical, (laughs) amazing place to be, sort of whatever the reality is of it there, they're showing you that and then also taking you into this magical side of life. And um, there was it lends itself to just some wonderful comic moments and interesting storytelling. So before I get too long-winded here about episodes two and three, Eli, what did you think since you've never seen the show before? Yeah. Finally getting to watch Atlanta. And as we said last time, this, you know, the perfect time, everything Everything in due time and at the right time. So, yeah, it's been really great to sit down and watch these first three. And as you kind of mentioned last time, uh, the first two were released as a double intro to uh, the show and, as you pointed out, on YouTube even, right? So really made available to the public. And two continues the imaginative and um, similar style of narrative and humor. And I will say that I hoped for uh, more, almost like leaning in more to magical realism And I feel like, though, it didn't necessarily do that. It continued with a very 
not only imaginative, but a very um, sort of evocative storytelling style. And it's ever deepening, you know, as many shows are, you know, the stories, the characters, even this narrative and style and imaginative, creative. And at times, as you were saying, sort of um, non sequitur, we were talking about that throwback to 70s slapstick almost. There's some great moments in two that really continue that. And the two separate narratives of two really um, sort of held that style of the pilot in a lot of ways. And I feel like three was then a slight departure and in a way that makes sense, you know, these first two and then three. Now we are really going somewhere else in a way. But back to just, you know, the impressions and the um, sort of those salient parts of this story, pretty fascinating, um, both in just the actual story and what transpires after the cliffhanger, the end of the pilot, right? And two, I think, is really cool because it really does continue a lot of things from the pilot, both in the story and in some of the things we were observing. Um, Earn continues to be sort of the butt of the jokes <laughs> and get the short end of the stick. He's stuck. <laughs> Can't get processed. He's stuck in jail. Uh, is he in jail the whole two? Yeah, he's in jail yeah. for all of two, right? He gets out at the end. Yep. Meanwhile, you know, his cousin uh, gets right out. Bail gets posted. And he has an entirely different uh, experience leaving and post jail. So yeah, I thought it was really great and interesting. And three continues the story and continues to be imaginative and continues to really, you know, deepen the storytelling and explores some other things as well. And yeah, so three, I think almost becomes uh, akin to the first in certain ways. Um, and yet it's a little bit of a different feeling and sort of storytelling than two. So yeah, that was very rich um, adding two and three to the pilot and where it goes and where it's going and also just affirming some of this imaginative, uh, just very creative depiction of Atlanta, the story, the different spaces, um, this sort of taking the story to the edges of reality um, while also being really grounded in reality. Two and three felt pretty grounded in a reality um, and not further into some sort of magical world. But yeah, I really enjoyed and... Um, yeah, appreciated sort of where each of them went and the the way that they get you into the story through two and three. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Definitely. Great observations and great points about the differences in a way between these two episodes, two and three. And I hear you too, for sure. It lands you in that waiting area of the jail. You you get a glimpse into the criminal justice system as it exists in Atlanta. Yeah. Mental health issues, like everyone's kind of just lumped there together and how kind of, in a sense, broken the system is ultimately. And which is no major surprise, but the fact that Earn was never arrested before and therefore has to wait longer <laughs> in that situation than the, his cousin who's been arrested and was just processed super quick and they got him out of there. That's that uh, sums up American bureaucracy and the criminal, <laughs> the, the prison system to a certain degree. And the, as we stay in too, the reality. I think you you mentioned these sort of dueling uh, storylines between Earn having to stay there and then his cousin getting let go, and immediately what begins to happen to him as a result of the end of the of the pilot, and how his fame is rising as a result of this incident with the shooting, mm-hmm. and even before he can leave the jail, there's the scene with the guard wanting to take a picture with him. And um, that actor uh, is so funny. His, his just like his cold look, like his just like, I hate this place, but just him staring into the camera or like staring at another character. Yeah. He just holds a lot of, of physical comedy and his just silence, which I find really awesome to watch. He's, all the actors are just to me like super fun to watch, but watching him sort of navigate each scene where there's a sort of ups and downs of it all, where they're at the restaurant and they're getting uh, the special sauce or the special way that the wings are cooked with the <laughs> sauce that they don't do for everybody. And uh, the guy just being like, yeah, I hooked you up with that and giving him his props. And then that moment when the guy's like, don't let me down. <laughs> If you don't let me down, I don't know what I'm going to do. If you let me down, I don't know what I'm going to do. And just is like, look, again, silent, his uh, listening, his just sort of silent reactions to things. Yeah. It's, it's, it's his, his journey. He was sort of introduced, right, as Paperboy, the rapper and the pilot, right? But as now we're getting into two and three, we're sort of along this ride of his life with him in yeah. a different way, which to me opened up a lot you know in in these yeah there's another great moment where um they're gonna go uh in three to make the drug deal right and um and the homie Dwayne, is it Dwayne? the homie yeah yeah Dwayne. um he's like yo i'm gonna handcuff the briefcase to me you know like telling him that he's gonna handcuff the briefcase and and Paperboy's like, why would you do that? It's a just great moment. And, and he's like, you know, because it looks professional. You know, we got stre- to step it up. No more duffel bags. And there's this moment, and it just, you know, his face 
these pauses, these silent moments speak like so much. And then he just goes, okay. Like, and then it's just like, you think it's going to be something. And I think it's amazing both the, um, the acting and the way that they're shooting this, the way like these moments and almost misdirect yeah. with him, right? Like we think he's going to do something or get mad or, you know, like it's there. Yeah. He was like, he was kind of like, why are you going to do that? Right. Okay. Okay. Like you just kind of like, fine. As yeah. long as you have a reason. Yeah. That makes sense for you. And he's like, I feel like that character and, you know, two, coming back to two sort of before we dive fully into three yeah. and, you know, the action of three, but in two, we're starting to really get a sense of who this person is, Paperboy. And we yeah. know that everything happening is around like a certain moment in his career. And we talked about before he's like about to hit this point where he's going to start getting a lot of interest and all this stuff. So we kind of know and feel where this moment is. And yet I felt like watching the more we get introduced to this actual character and who he is, the more it's just interesting and it's not a full misdirect, I wouldn't say, right? Because he is a drug dealer who, you know, drives a car with, you know, it's like, it looks like what you think, but then this actual person and character is not, I guess for me, a lot of like bravado and self-assured, like, right. uh, like I'm fucking well, paper boy. He's right. Well, he's wrestling with this reality that people are now identifying him as this real gangster rapper who was right. like with the rep of Tupac and all these other people who were like, and he's he is wrestling with the fact that like that's not who he is ultimately, right? And no. he's and it's in real time and in episode two, and you see both sides of it, both the both the kind of. Par the paranoid side, the scene at the gas station, right? Where he's just, people are scoping him and yeah. Or the guy about comes it. to the house with the Batman mask on. Oh my God. That's yeah. So that's like, so even intense. in, so yeah. And even in this, in this more grounded episode, if we're comparing the three together, yeah. then, then you have these moments, right? With the guy in the Batman running away, like even th that, that kind of more odd non sequitur magical comedy moment yeah and and that that moment was particularly funny when you're just like <laughs> and Dwayne was like you got too much heat on you yeah. and and the, and that was the theme of the entire episode and he had to like take a walk on his own and he runs into the kids yeah there was something there's something about those two scenes him being paranoid at the gas station him seeing the kid with the gun pretending to be him yeah. that is so almost like uh, a cliche version of this of his storyline that he's living. Yeah. And then and then the guy showing up to the house in the Batman costume and then his in his own sort of bemoan bemoaning he's not even psyched about this. No. You get a sense that like so he's he's underground rapper who's just doing his thing. And he's starting to kind of make a name for himself, but like it's questionable even if his ambition was to like blow up all the way. 
perhaps it was, mm. but but like now it's sort of happening and he's beginning to sort of grapple with the reality of what that entails and who that whose projection is to the world. Because even when he was talking to the mom and the kids and he had to be like, I'm paper boy, I'm, I'm paper boy. Like it was like this really interesting reveal. And it's important mm-hmm. to note this actor, Brian uh, Tyree. Henry. Henry, yeah. Is actually like a Juilliard trained actor. Really yeah. super, like super talented. Can do like the most dramatic material than yeah. anyone can do. This guy can do it. And yeah. so I just, the complexity that he's bringing to this performance is really awesome. Yeah. And I just wanted to note it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is very much um, equal parts or a very potent mix of writing, directing, production, and just uh, stellar acting across the board, really. And um, once again, the main characters and the people we spend time with in these first three is pretty tight um you know similar to other shows we've watched recently and yeah everyone is so strong and they give so much depth to what could be a very like um cliched pigeonholed We've seen this story before story and they even start to become really referential towards that sort of self-referential and aware towards that in three, especially between in the banter between Ern and Van and yeah. um, how they tease each other and, you know, are joking about how basic um, their situation is, but they have such an interesting and we can only, you know, really credit Donald Glover, but I'm sure there's amazing other talent involved in the writing and production and actualization of this show. Um, I think we may have mentioned the director um, before, Hero. Yeah, there's a good group of staff writers. There's like three or four staff writers on this, For on sure. these original original things. So I, I feel like he had this vision and he brought in the best people he could to kind of craft it and hone it because it does it's a very big scope of a show, right? And like, and what's happening. And as we sort of talking about three, I love your observation about how it sort of subtly dips back in. I think you said winding and I think visually there's a good connection to that because especially when they wind up having to do the drug deal, like out in the sticks yeah. and it kind of is that aerial shot where it's like winding through the woods of Atlanta and you're really like, wait a minute, where are we right now? Like, what is happening? What is, you know, this city goes from being like super urban to like super country super quickly. Very quickly. Yeah, that was cool. And a really cool shot. It made me actually, um, I recently rewatched The Sopranos. And oh, nice. It made me, not in the exact sort of like shot and how quickly they got there, but it made me remember the Pine Barrens episode, which is, such a famous one that's been brought up recently with the death of Polly Walnuts, um, the famous Tony Sicaro. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Sure. Um, lost an amazing, amazing one, and especially in the context of you know more uh, fascinating take the like city story out of the city uh, mm. moments. That whole episode of Sopranos takes 
placed in the New Jersey Pine Barrens, and it's just fascinating. So this, like, going out to this remote campsite and just bringing you there reminded me of that a little bit. But, man, is this uh, a fascinating you know, story plot line and yeah, taking you out of the city to this camp. And I don't know. I, you know, I guess that's just sort of self-explanatory that this is part of the sort of magical realism and imaginativeness of the show. But I don't know if this is supposed to be set like pre-Migos or in a world where Migos isn't already a rap group. So I did think that was interesting in three, this whole plot line and oh, um, is that a real? That's a real group. Yeah, <laughs> that's from it. They're from Atlanta originally. Yeah, they're like, um, they're basically like the. Well, I don't know. It's kind of not quite analogous to like when we were growing up, but they're like, yeah, they're like tribe, De La to New York. Sure. For like sure. um sort of more modern um southern rap. And they basically like partnered with Vice to release a whole show, a documentary about Atlanta about 10, 15 years ago that became really controversial because Migos let Vice's like camera crews and reporters in on a lot of stuff they shouldn't have had on camera and that later got them like in trouble with the government and all this crazy fallout and shit but that Whoa. was called Atlanta Vice Atlanta I believe and yeah Migos those actual like literally I don't know about <laughs> well for our listeners Eli knows a lot more about music than I do I like TV shows and film probably more than him and but he's he's a big uh, fan of music and an aficionado in that world. So this is fascinating to me that that was an actual group. Yeah, well, and what I love about this, and this is exactly why we have this podcast, Steve, is that I don't know enough about the show to know like what Donald Glover's, um, what world he's sort of putting us in in episode three yet. And I'm sure... Um, I could read up or just, you know, continue to watch and be in this world. But it's Migos are a, a, you know, huge rap group. And the two main guys are the two main guys from Migos, actually. Um, yeah. Quavo, I believe Quavo's the one who's doing most of the talking and who shoots the guy running. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that, yeah, that's actually Migos. But I don't actually know the like <laughs> fourth guy. <laughs> yeah. Who's like, yeah, he raps no too. I don't think he's actually in the group. But I don't know. Like, it's just funny because <laughs> we know enough of this story to know like sort of what's going on, but not exactly. Other than they, by the time Atlanta, this show came out, Migos had been a very famous group in Atlanta for a long time. So they're taking liberties with that. This isn't a known group yet at all, but they are rappers, but they're actually drug dealers who are bigger drug dealers than Paperboy. But from the Vice Atlanta series, none of this but is so, really a lie another, either, except for yeah, that they're so not famous yet. Totally. So another example of, in a way, how he's twisting the reality of exactly of this world of Atlanta that we know, or what we yeah. know of Atlanta, right? Yeah, because this cool. is like actually a famous rap group. 
and those are the actual dudes. Acting, and that's her actual though, name. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, like <laughs> acting to some degree. But it, I think, also on the heels of what, like, the fallout from the whole Vice thing, it's fascinating that they'd play these characters in this show. So it's like they're obviously interested in creating a new narrative to some degree or are down with it. It's just fascinating. So um, we'll do some more research as we continue uh, to talk about this show. But, yeah, it's fascinating and adds to that, yeah, this is truly magical realists. Like, there's no other way to put it other than they're taking liberties with reality in really subtle ways that just seep in. And I think that's very mm. cool. Um, and this is just one of them. Definitely. And another another great performances being built upon. So when you talk about the characters of Paperboy and Dwayne, like, that whole sequence, this whole... This whole co-plot of this third episode of them was uh what a what a hilarious duo these guys (laughs) are in this show so continue to be in these first three episodes and yeah um we talked you know too about um the actor plays paper paper boy his just reaction silent reaction and things and that's like all this was right they like sat on the couch the guy they take the guy out of the trailer, like the little thing, and they make him run through the forest and shoot him. And all there is 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 Paperboy's like just physical reaction, frozen watching it with his eyes. Yeah. And the whole time, Dwayne's like, "Yo, you got that key? Like, get that key in your pocket, man!" Like, he just keeps coming up. He's like, "No." And and their play with is each it other. Is in your shoe? they yeah. The quiet dialogue to each other while that all that madness was going on I found to be just super funny and like when you talk about funny comedic duos and TV shows like what a what a great one that was created here truly those yeah. two guys yeah and he's really worked a lot the last um, I mean decade or so Lakeith Stanfield oh and, yeah yeah another great I've, actor I mean if you talk great. about how these comedic performances these dudes are also just complete amazing dramatic actors yeah and they're like their dynamic really like it plays on even as the scene expands and gets to the point of the actual interaction and the phone ringing and him picking it up and you know just like everything their dynamic never really changes they continue to dialogue and like this interplay between them even in the like most tense moments and it's really um yeah it's not only the acting and you know the writing but just the like commitment from everyone like to create that you know the supporting actors the actual migos (laughs) yeah yeah totally yeah you can talk about how funny all the supporting actors have been throughout each of these episodes and in this third one yeah in the in that's in that plot line, and then in the plot line uh, where they go out to dinner, like the parking guy, the waitress, the bartender who has one line <laughs> or two lines, it's like, damn, you broke as fuck. Like, <laughs> like everyone's waitress, super funny. Oh man, that was so great at You're the end. Killing like, me tonight. <laughs> yeah, you, Can you me? stop up selling me shit. You're killing me here. You're <laughs> killing me. <laughs> it doesn't leave her a tip. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's pretty, uh, 
Yeah, it's it's incredible use of every character, every moment. Um, yeah, they're really like squeezing so much, not only out of the scenes and the characters and the acting, but out of the time. I mean, it's half an hour comedy, you know. They're really, really squeezing so much into and out of the time that this show runs. They're so full, these episodes. Um, they almost have that like dupli- duplicitous thing of being uh, incredibly quick, but so packed and full for half an hour show. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone has their moments, right? When he calls the coworker and he gives him the idea of going to the restaurant <laughs> and then it cuts out and he's like driving the girl. He's like, don't tell me you were just listening to my <laughs> my conversation. <laughs> like that was just so sad. Of course she was. You're driving in a car, weirdo. So funny. Um, yeah, I, I find it's funny. Like I kind of wish it's amazing that this, I was trying to draw a line, like who made a who made a TV show like this about a city and took liberties in this way. Um, and there was like the Drew Carey show, it was like a sitcom, the set in Cleveland. Like there was, there's just like nothing like this that's like ever kind of been done. It would be cool. I know they do a few seasons of this, but like, what a great concept! You could almost like make an interesting like series of shows. Like if he did this about every city. Or a few cities mm. in America, like that would just be fascinating. I'd tune into that. Yeah, just have a whole thing dedicated to just making this surrealistic, comedic show around an American, you know, American city. Find something different each time. Yeah, and around like, I mean, especially, and it'd be fascinating. Oh, Steve, maybe we'll have to do a, a shows with friends documentary special and. <laughs> watch some of the vice atlanta episodes Ooh, yeah i forget how That'd long be cool. they're. they're not that long um be that's really, a good idea yeah. that's a that's a tv show so well uh, we could do that yeah we'll figure out uh yeah we'll figure out how many episodes and how long and maybe watch some of that but yeah it's fascinating not only is this such a um a fascinating imaginative uh visceral representation of the city but I think also for a lot of people uh, who are interested in Atlanta through more of this lens of the like sort of urban music, rap, hip hop scene, um, that kind of stuff, this is, I think, almost like the story you would expect with none of the actual story or characters you'd expect. It's him really giving people sort of not even a full redirect. I keep coming kind of, you know, back to that idea of like this misdirect redirect, but it's more. Well, they do, they, right. They do that a lot within the episodes. Within the episodes, it's kind yeah. of a misdirect redirect, but I feel like the show overall is more of like an actual stark, honest view done through a very like, interesting imaginative almost dialectic method yeah fantastical i hear fantastical. what you're saying and i think i think the little redirects within the episode actually sort of strengthen or push forward this overall redirect that you're talking about so like the the one i think about in two the most was 
the guy, the crazy guy at the jail was drinking the toilet water, right? And how like, everyone was, oh, it's so-and-so again. And he was kind of like, maybe he should get help. Like, he shouldn't be here. And then how quickly that turned when he spit at the guard and then they just beat him and everyone's, everyone's vibe, like, shifted. And that was a big redirect. And then the third, the whole, the whole little plot line with the briefcase being attached and then being <laughs> like, oh, we can take care of that. And you're thinking, like, they're going to cut off his hand. What's going to happen? And it's like... No, they just emptied it out, and then he's keeping the briefcase they in there. They know how to open briefcases. Like, yeah, it's not a big deal, and that that was kind of funny. And I, but I do I do agree with you that they are like finding some kind of interesting reality in this modern, or you know, modern or more current Atlanta as it's known through these really fantastical and imaginative devices. They really are, yeah. Yeah. And through three episodes, Steve, we are really uh, just scratching the surface on this story. And so I feel like, you know, without too much suspense or further ado, we should just watch the rest of this season. Okay. Figured it was leaning that way, but it's official <laughs> now. Eli had the choice, and he chose to keep watching. So we're going to watch season one of Atlanta. You can catch it on FX on Hulu. Hulu. And with three down, I think there's ten. That sounds about right. ten. So, you know, we'll take the next couple weeks, and then we'll be back for another episode of Shows with Friends. We will indeed. Please watch season one of Atlanta and join us here next time. Hello, friends, and thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a quick moment and let you know that we are really excited to be a part of a growing podcast network. It's called Connected Podcasts. And there are many other great shows on the network that we think you are going to enjoy. That's connected, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-D, podcasts.com. Thanks for listening.